deciding who wins the game on this call. Without further ado, the call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. How are we doing? Ah, we're doing pretty good. We're back to full health and uh, ready to get to it. I'd like to hear that. Uh, we're getting getting close to the midway point of the season, so you know we got a lot of good information out there. Uh, should be an interesting weekend. Uh, I'm excited to do a little chatting about it. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Uh, this week we are joined by our guest Nick Mandich. Nick, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on, guys. No, we 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 appreciate you joining us. It's always good to get a different perspective and uh, get some better ideas than what we have. So, oh, I got a different perspective. All right, baby. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, why don't you uh, give us a little rundown of your experience with fantasy football overall, and and maybe any experience you might have with DFS. All right, I've been doing fantasy football for about, shoot, about 10 years now. So it's been a minute. And uh, I just got into DFS about uh, a year and a half ago. And I've been studying it more. See, I've been doing like dynasty leagues and redraft leagues and PPR and non-PPR uh, leagues with my friends every year. But I've never really dived into the DFS until now. And naturally, uh, I'm losing my ass. So... <laughs> <laughs> try, try we appreciate to, that trying to study a little bit and trying to get a little bit better at it and it's interesting man um i've got a lot of questions and maybe you guys can help me answer those maybe we can uh come up with some ideas together on on what to do and how to win yeah definitely great great um i'm i'm sitting here uh getting winding down on the sober tober i i'm never wanted a month to end so much um so i'm drinking a Pineapple man- mango Gatorade flow. I hope that uh, you guys have something better than that. I do not. I'm still on the the water train, uh, hoping to get back to something a little bit stronger next week myself. So we'll, we'll have to see how the cards fall. Uh, I hate to say it, guys, but none of us are drinking tonight. Well. A bunch of uh, sober commentary, sure to be uh, bottom 20%. <laughs> this is going to be the most boring podcast you guys have. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. If you heard our early stuff, it's going to be hard to beat those. All right. Be right back. i got to smoke this joint really quick. <laughs> well, um, I we, we kind of were putting out there for some listener questions. We didn't get a whole lot, but I think Nick, Nick had some questions. We're going to go ahead and try to answer 
um, get a little bit of feedback and conversation going. So what 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 is it that you, as a new DFS player, would like to uh, talk about, Nick? Well, looking at the winning lineups and seeing what kind of teams are placing in the you know the the sweepstakes the the hundred thousand entry uh, tournaments every week seeing what kind of teams are placing i'm seeing a lot of it is going to be one quarterback two wide receivers on the same team or one quarterback uh a receiver and a tight end it's like they're they're stacking like you guys said stacking these teams with similar players uh not necessarily long shots but just everyone clicking on offense and then you know, those are contributing and they're blowing up and giving you a, a, a huge score. But what I've been doing is using different players from different teams, sometimes stacking a player with a quarterback or uh, two receivers together if I feel that maybe the matchup warrants it. But my question is, in order to go deep in these tournaments and win the big money, what do you think is the most efficient way, not that any of us would really know yet, but what do you think is the most efficient way to build a roster like that? Okay, well, it, it really boils down to um, what what kind of game selection you're playing. If you are playing um, the large field tournaments, the way to get to the top, you know, is is usually by stacking a game or a couple of games that that are going to get a lot of points. And having some variation, typically sure. like like the uh, million, millionaire maker lineups, you'll see the winner. You're gonna be like, how did that guy end up with that? And like and, right, and, and and part of part of that is that a lot of times those those uh, wacky lineups you see is. Uh, maybe a guy who's entering 50 or a hundred lineups in there. So he's, he might have a player pool of, you know, 40 different guys and he randomizes them and just kind of throws them together. And so it, I, it, it's rarely that you, you'll have that kind of lineup out there um, where, you know, that's the only money you're putting out there. Uh, right. But you're not just going to do a one-off. Like you said last week, Osweiler and Albert Wilson going off against the bears. One of the best defenses. Nobody put that out there. Right. right. So, so but that's maybe somebody did. That's part of it. Like a few weeks back, um, I, I touted, uh, Mitch Trubisky on, on the show and I kind of got, uh, railroaded and then uh, he ended up being <laughs> he ended up being the top scoring quarterback of the week and I, and if you can make an identification of a play that you think has even like a a 10% chance of going off like that uh it might be worth putting that in in a lineup or two because if you get a guy who's low owned like say less than 5% who who ends up as the top one or two players at that position for a low price, then you're going to have a different variation than anybody else 
out there. Now that's for the big tournaments. The the kind of um, lineups that you're building are certainly good for what we would call cash, where you're gonna a cash lineup or a tournament either head to head or either even like the small tournament that we play on a weekly basis, ten people, nine people, or or double ups, things like that. You're gonna want to build your lineup so that you have a a higher floor. It, it's right. You you have you have you you know you're gonna have a certain score, but then um, you probably you might not have that that top end ceiling. But you don't need that top end ceiling to only beat one person or half the people or you know. Or even like it is, it's worth it's worth noting that in that type of field you don't need as much variance because it, you're going against so many less people that it's likely you're going to have uh, three to four players that overlap with everybody else. Your variance comes in your you know your outliers, your wide receiver two and three usually. Right. So and that and makes a lot of sense. I mean, and that's kind of um, two different mindsets. Really, you get. Um, you get the the thought that um, you're going to build a lineup for for variance, and and your expectation is you're going to lose ninety percent of the time or more. Whereas your cash lineup, you're 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 trying to take the volatility out of it and and give yourself a chance to win sixty percent of the time or more. Um, and 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 that's why, like. For me personally, as I want to like extend my bankroll and try to build it a little bit at a time, I allocate probably in any given week, I allocate 65 to 80% of my gameplay to cash because I, I feel pretty strong about my ability to put together a cash lineup uh, that's going to win anywhere from 60 to a hundred percent in in that week. Now you're not. It's not always going to happen. You're going to get injuries, or you know, game situations. Things are going to happen, or other guys that you weren't expecting are going to go off. So you, you know, you're going to have losing weeks. But if you know that you put the research in and you're playing the most optimal lineups, you're going to win more often than not because not everybody is putting in that much work to it. So then, if you play to where you're um, playing maybe 70%, 75% of cash and you're winning, you know, more than half of that, you could put 25% into these tournaments and you could take your shots to try to win a large amount of money at once. Most often you're not going to cash or you might min cash and but that's going to be offset by the amount that you put that you won in in the money you put in the cash type of of games i noticed that you said something that you that you research yes Wait, you're supposed to re, you're supposed to research this stuff because i just pick people out based on how much i like their name well you know some people do that huh learning a lot here <laughs> hey breaking the action will fuller just did that uh That's an interference call and hurt himself.
You mean the Will Fuller that's on my bench right now in the game that I'm playing at you? Yeah, that one where I have Kenyon Drake. Good times. <laughs> you know what, JD? I'm going to say it right here and right now. I'll bet you $10 I'd beat you this Sunday. Sold. And there you have it. We we didn't even <laughs> we didn't even wait till the end of the uh, podcast to get to the wager segment. I, I like it. Classic oh, bandage, always segment. going early. <laughs> you know what? I've got more wagers, so just you just hold on. Nice, nice. So um, I hope that answered your question. Um, and and like I said, we're, we're here. We can definitely chat. I. I I could talk for hours and hours about this stuff. So, but unfortunately, we can't make a three-hour podcast. Um, JD, how did you do last week? Uh, you know, I finally placed in our uh, weekly tournament, which was nice. Uh, didn't do too terribly bad. Uh, you know, again, just going off of. Uh, process you know I, i'm really trying to trust that process uh i played joe flacco and uh john brown last week which you know that paid out pretty good you know flacco uh, came in at almost four times his value uh john brown came in at uh you know just under six times his value so uh i also talked about bunches of funches last week he came in at a uh, little over three times his value and uh, I'm pretty sure I gave you the David and Joku play again last week, if I remember correctly. And uh, he came in at just under four times his value. So, uh, you know, the process is starting to pay off a little bit, uh, you know, little tweaks here and there. And I think I'll be better. Oh, that's that, that's good to hear. Um, I didn't do so well in that weekly tournament. Again, I, I've been... Uh, I had been throwing some tournament lineups in there at the beginning of the year, and I decided to start playing my cash lineup in there, um, which is is usually uh, pretty pretty well um, in the top part of that tournament. Um, my cash lineup actually was pretty successful this week. Uh, the one uh, probably thin play that I had was. Uh, C.J. Beathard, I just thought that uh, he he offered some value at that low price, and, and he he just couldn't get anything done against the Rams. But uh, getting some late news uh, on Nick Chubb and Carrion Johnson later in the week uh, were some cheaper guys that allowed me to uh, put Gurley and Thielen into my lineup, as well as Robert Woods. And uh, that that ended up to where I was able to win two thirds of my head to heads and cash in both my double ups. So another positive return overall. Uh, feeling still feeling pretty good about the process and uh, looking forward to moving on this next week. I had a whole rant prepared <laughs> um, based on my season long, but I don't even want to do it because I don't want to put the explicit rating on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of want you to do it just because it'll be entertaining to hear you get all worked up. Uh, what was your top scoring lineup last week? Oh, shoot. If you remember correctly. Um, 
if you give me a second, go ahead and talk, and I'll. Yeah, um, real quick too. Uh, I wanted to mention I did end up. Uh, I talked about Kenyon Drake last week uh, going up against uh, Detroit, and uh, he's coming. He was coming in at uh, forty nine hundred, and he ended up putting eighteen point seven points. So again, a good return. I'm you know I'm getting three to five times return on a lot of these guys that I'm talking about. Uh, which is necessary when you're talking about some value guys. Uh, the big one there too was, you know, that late uh, trade with Hyde and Chubby and the starter allowed for Gurley in the lineup that pushed me to uh, my highest lineup was 174 six, um, which again, good for second in our tournament. Uh, nice. Actually, so. my, my highest lineup was my cash lineup at 141.8. So, oh, man, uh, I, I could have made it cleaning up. <laughs> well, that, but then again, that's not the kind of lineup you're probably going to put in a cash game. So, um, that's, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some, there were some decent floor guys in there. Uh, you know, I don't know how far you go with Colin Flacco, a, a floor guy at that point in time. I mean, he's been consistent enough this year. Uh, you know, Flacco Brown with targets. I think Gordon was probably Josh Gordon was probably my riskiest, my riskiest play. Yeah, you know, but again, it, uh, process takes over everything in the results department. So, uh, I I'm on the right path and just want to keep going. Yeah, I would say that Kenyon Drake probably wasn't a cash game play last week, but um. John Brown was a good sneaky play. Uh, a couple of guys were on him. I wasn't really on him, but um, no, that was a nice lineup you put out there, and uh, only to be bested by Mister Campbell. Yeah, that guy's oh. a real piece of work. Let me tell you. That's got a sting, dude. You have no idea. Oh, losing to Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Bry. Oh man. So let's, uh, with that being said, let's let's get on to our plays for week eight, and uh, it's an interesting slate. It's still still a short one with only, uh, I believe, ten um, ten games on this main slate, but uh, there's some real high scoring uh, games according to Vegas. So. Uh, why don't you go and tell us who you're looking at, JD? Yeah, uh, I'm looking at Jared Goff this week. Uh, the matchup isn't great as uh, Green Bay doesn't give up a ton of points to quarterbacks. Uh, mostly what I'm counting on in this game is that it's going to be kind of a high-scoring affair. You know, I'm not talking about the, you know, 45, 50 track meets that we've, you know, gotten accustomed to seeing. Uh, but I do expect it to be, you know, like a 28, 35 type of game. So plenty of uh, action to go around. And the Todd Gurley f- factor comes into play for me because of how many balls he's catching out of the background. If I can't afford to get Gurley in my lineup, Goff gives me a piece of that with the added upside of Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Uh, in a game again that I think is going to score pretty decent. I like that perspective, JD. It's uh, yeah, he's Jared Goff. He's not 
actually been outstanding from a points per game perspective, especially the last few weeks. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate the play at six thousand. It's, it's a, it's a real nice price. I, you do gotta wonder though if uh, you miss out on a lot of the touchdowns uh, with as much as Gurley's finding the end zone. Uh, but it, it, there should be enough points in this game where uh, he's he's definitely going to have a decent piece of that. Yeah, his I mean his touchdowns aren't a ton, which is where these you know he's missing these fantasy points. Uh, he's only got like twelve touchdowns on the year, I believe. So you know, in what six seven games, <laughs> that's not a great per average. Uh, but if the game does go back and forth, like I said, uh, it's not out of hand for Gurley to get a, a receiving touchdown or two. So, uh, you know, give it a go. He's not super expensive. Um, I mean, he's not real cheap either. Uh, you know, but I like the option. I like the matchup. Yeah, pricing seems to be actually relatively uh, balanced overall from uh, with the quarterbacks. This week, there you know you got Mahomes up there at seven thousand, but uh, there's a lot of top-notch options all within a pretty pretty close range. So depending on what you want to do with your lineup, uh, you you've got some choices. Uh, pivoting off that six thousand price point, uh, Nick, who who is it you were looking at? Well, I also have a six thousand dollar quarterback, but. Sorry, J.D., mine's going to score more points. His name is Jameis Winston. Of course, he plays for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, Shea's team, and they're playing at Cincinnati. Uh, The reason I picked Jameis is because he is rolling right now. Uh, Of course, we all know about Fitzmagic, and then uh, after it went, what was that, J.D.? Fitz what? Uh, Fitz Tragic. After it turned Fitz Tragic, thank you. You He hasn't looked back at all. he played Atlanta and Cleveland already to kind of get his mojo going, and those have those teams have bad defenses too. So um, I found an interesting statistic about him is that he's thrown the ball almost a hundred times in the past two games, uh, and I think that trend is going to continue against Cincinnati, who's giving up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year, which is uh, twenty-seven and a half points to quarterbacks the last four weeks. So I think Jameis is going to go more than that. I think he's going to go thirty plus. So that's my pick for quarterback this week. It's it's an interesting um, choice. That that game is is one of the uh, higher totals. Actually, it's the second highest uh, total on the slate with uh, fifty four and a half over under right now. Uh, Tampa. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, and I don't really have a whole lot to go on right here, I, I don't feel like on the road in the colder climate that Jameis is is poised to have one of his better games. Um, they, they, do, they do pass the ball almost exclusively because their rush run game is terrible, but... Um, I feel like this could be one of those games that gets to the total, but it's it's kind of lopsided. I don't know. How do you feel about it, J.D.? So this one's interesting for me. As you know, uh, when they decided to go with Jameis, I was one of those people saying, 
cool your jets. Uh, and then he goes to Atlanta. He throws for 395 and four touchdowns. Then he comes back and he goes against Cleveland at home and he puts up 52 attempts. Now, keep in mind that game went to uh, the 19th overtime game that Cleveland's played in this year. <laughs> so, you know, 52 attempts in that game. He throws for 365 yards, which that's great, but he had zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Now, you do have the the upside of the rushing. Uh, you know, he had 55 rushing yards and a touchdown, you know, on the ground, uh, which is great. You've got that upside. So, which Jameis is going to show up? That's going to be my, my question. The thing that's going uh, for you, as you mentioned, Nick, is that uh, Cincinnati, uh, I believe, according to Fantasy Pro's, give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks through seven weeks and the uh, third most points to receiver. And then uh, the first most points to tight end, which you're talking about a team that's got Mike Evans, uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, and OJ Howard. So the potential's all there. The question's going to be which Jameis shows up. So it, I think it's uh, it's a risky play, but one that could certainly pay off. Uh, the other thing that I would be concerned about from a bigger uh, tournament standpoint or even a GPP is a recency bias. How much of a market share is he going to have when you're trying to you know variate yourself from difference from other lineups? Well, well, when you bring up recency bias, you know he didn't have a great game last time out, so there might be less people on him there there's there's so many good options this week that i actually like Jameis maybe more as a tournament play than than somebody i would be looking at for my cash lineups but from a uh, from a scoring point uh he did put up 26.1 DraftKings points last week which, so which isn't enough to get you to the top of any tournament uh, it, it's still coming in at four times your value. I'm just saying, w- when you're looking at it, he's put up over 60 points in the last two weeks. So that that's all I'm talking about with the recency bias. Sure. Well, the guy I'm looking at, um, and I hate this guy, so uh, it's hard for me to say I want to play him, but uh, Aaron Rodgers at 6,400 seems like about as low of a price as you're going to get him. And he's kind of flown under the radar this year so far. He's playing in that game with a 56 and a half uh, total. He's uh, the last two outings, he's coming off a bye, but the last two outings before that, he put up 33 and 31 points with receivers like, uh, I don't even know, Valdez, Scantling, and some guy that sounds like he's a horse. I don't know. Equinamius. But um, <laughs> he's he's getting healthier, you know, after he got banged up in the first game. He, he's now had a week off with rest, and, and you could see he was starting to get stronger um, going into that. And now it's looking like he's going to probably have his full complement of receivers uh, and there's LA's not, um, they're not 
completely you know they have a good defense but they're they're not like completely unbeatable through the air and uh, I just feel like this is this is an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers at this kind of price where um, it could be a shootout back and forth and regardless of whether or not they win the game he could uh, he could bring back a real nice total at maybe a little bit lower of ownership because of guys like Goff and Winston, and then people are probably going to want to play Roethlisberger at home or Pat Mahomes. So there's there's so many good options. I feel like uh, at 6,400, Rodgers makes makes a lot of sense in um, in tournaments for me. Yeah, it's again. <laughs> As a Bears fan, it's really hard to to say, yeah, play Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I, I, it's so hard to hate the play because he is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, real quick self-correction. I said only 12 touchdowns on the year. That, that, that was actually Aaron Rodgers only has 12 touchdowns on the year. Uh, and Goff is at 14. Uh, is still not a huge difference. Uh, Rodgers the last two games has been pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He's put up 33.7 and 31.4 DraftKing points. Uh, you can't you can't really complain about that. Even you know, I mean, if you're looking at a floor, you're probably looking at like a 25 point floor. Uh, but the potential for this game, again, as we said, to go back and forth, is what makes him intriguing. Uh, especially if it comes down to you know the last you know, 10 minutes of the game because Mike McCarthy does not like to run the ball. So, you know, Rogers is going to be slinging it. Cool. Um, what, uh, with that being said, let's, let's go ahead and move on to the running back position. Uh, you guys have a couple of players here that I'm interested to hear, uh, your, your take on them. So, uh, JD, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, so I'm looking at a way to get some higher price guys into my lineup at this point in time. And this uh, Raheem Mostert, or I believe that's how you, you say his name, you know. Mustard. <laughs> Mr. Mustard. So it looks like Matt Breda's probably not going to play again. He gone. This week. So it it opens the door for him to get a lot of carries. Uh, you know, he'll likely split some time with uh, Alfred Morris, but he's not producing as well as Raheem is. And at 3,800, I think he's a guy I want to take a chance on. Uh, real quick, <clears throat> excuse me. He is averaging right now 6.3 yards per attempt. Uh, now, he's only got 25 attempts, but on those 25 attempts, he's got 157 yards. So uh, it's really only been two games that he's he's played in. He went uh, for 80 against Green Bay the first time he was allowed to go out there and play and then, you know, dropped another 70 in this last week. And he's going against Arizona, who uh, right now are giving up the uh, 10th most points to running backs. So he's got a real good chance there to uh, get a good return on investment. Uh, 
Again, it's a long shot. This is kind of my dart, like GPP play. Uh, you know, just trying to go a little different so you can try to get some of those higher price guys in there later on. Yeah, man, that makes sense. If you can get a little bit of a steal in some position and be able to overspend more and hopefully not have to drop off much in production, then I think it's a good play. Though, I'm going to say something quickly. I played, when Cook was out, I played Murray on like a dozen lineups for DFS thinking that I was something slick. Not so much. <laughs> well, that had to have been uh, the very first week Cook was out because I believe yeah. I played him too, and he gave you like three points. A dud, yes. So I hope with uh, Colonel Mustard you have a better week here, buddy. Yeah, I mean, his last two weeks, you know, at that, you know, average in six yards an attempt, obviously that'll go down a little bit the more carries he gets. Um, but again, if you're, if you're looking at it, you're going to get almost RB1 attempts or, you know, even RB2 attempts at under 4K, I'll take a shot at it. Well, Nick, it looks like you like the other side of this matchup, so why don't you go and tell us where... I do. Uh, This guy's card this year is almost as disappointing as my sixth-grade report card, but he is picking everything back up in my humble, humblest of opinions, if you will. Uh, Mr. David Johnson, may have heard of him, don't know, running back from Arizona, uh, coming in at a cool 6,700. He is playing at home versus the 49ers uh, against Colonel Mustard and Beat Hard. Uh, JD, I think our stats differed a little bit. I pulled some stats from my my site. Maybe you had some different stats there, but uh, looking at defenses, I like to play matchups a lot of the times. For all that's good, that's done me. But what I got down is uh, he's been off to a slow start. But he's kind of building up some steam. Uh, obviously, who's the quarterback? Is that Rosen that you got down there? That is, that is one Josh Rosen. Yeah, and he's been starting for a few weeks now, right? Uh, correct. And uh, it's, it's kind of like a pile of dog shit, right? Uh, I'm not going to necessarily go that. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Okay, and then they just fired an integral part of their offense, maybe like a, a coach, right? Integral's an interesting assessment of an offensive coordinator that just got fired. I, I think I think so. We're, we're, we're downplaying some things and with the, just a twinge, tinge of sarcasm. Uh, so we got a rookie quarterback, we got a canned OC, and we got pretty much a stud running back and a cushy matchup. Uh, what I got, I know JD is probably going to correct me here, but San Fran's given up almost 29 points to quarterbacks a game. Um, I'm sorry, why I say quarterbacks, to running backs a game. And they gave up seven touchdowns so far this season to running backs. So I'm going David Johnson. I think everything is kind of pointing in his direction with the OC, the uh, the bad quarterback, or the young quarterback rather, and then uh, moderately soft D. Ha, moderately soft D. Took you a minute, but I just lobbed it right in there for you, dude. Come on, you're going to have to do better next time. I've heard that about you. Well, if I yeah, see if I say it, then I'm the creep. You can say it. Well, I'll, I'll just uh, pipe in here a little bit and, and say uh, I, I was, I was kind of quiet on uh, the mustard play because I wanted to let you talk about Johnson uh, and and. 
just tell you guys that this game is a steaming pile of garbage. It's got an over-under of 42.5 points. <laughs> these teams are terrible. I can't see why you'd want to play any of these guys. You're maybe, terrible. Maybe, maybe, like that. maybe, maybe, you know, some GPP darts. And, and you know what? One of you guys might win the Millionaire Maker if you play Josh Rosen and Raheem Mostert together. But You know uh, what? We're going to. And not giving you a damn dollar. I, I, you know, I like David Johnson uh, two years ago, but he really hasn't shown much. That offensive line in Arizona is terrible. That's that's the biggest reason bad. why he hasn't gotten any traction this year. And yes, they fired their offensive coordinator, and now they got Byron Leftwich, who's you know famous for having his offensive line carry him from the huddle to the to the line. Um, I, I don't know. See? I don't know what this guy is going to be able to do for the running game. Hopefully he, he, uh, he can get it going, but I, I'm going to have to wait and see it first. Well, Justin clearly didn't get the memo, which obviously left, which sent directly to me day one, massive turnaround. They're going to run. He's going to run for like 250 yards, four touchdowns minimum. He texted me and told me about it. So no big deal. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll have to look a little deeper into those stats, but uh, so far I haven't been able to find anything that's uh, okay. worth back, He texted back, me, bro. He texted back me, to, I swear. Back to your corners. Back to your corners. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the guy so, I, I'm looking at this week is Kareem Hunt, uh, Kansas City. He's uh, priced up at 7100 uh, They're playing Denver. Um, the last time these two teams uh, faced each other, Hunt had 121 yards on 19 carries for 6.4 yards uh, per carry. Uh, Denver, um, per sharpfootballstats.com, has given up uh, 22 explosive runs over 10 yards. Uh, I think they've given up over 200 yards uh, rushing the past two games. Uh, they're just not good against the run, and Kansas City really has been um, upping their usage of Kareem Hunt. This guy is probably my favorite play of the week uh, across the board. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with that play, too, again, because of what his stats have been to this point, his matchup. Uh, again, according to Fantasy Pros, uh, Denver gives up the second most points, uh, fantasy points to running backs. Um, and <laughs> the usage of Hunt, you know, I was, it was interesting because the first week or two, you know, Mahomes was just going lights out. Not that he's not going lights out now, but uh, Hunt wasn't super involved in it. Uh, but the bottom line is he's still getting, he's still getting his attempts. He's getting 100, or he's got 118 attempts. He's averaging over four yards an attempt, which is pretty good. Uh, and he's involved in the passing game, too. Um, Big time. Real, real quick, I mean, he's got uh, he's got 19 targets, uh, 15 receptions, you know, 226 yards. He's got four receiving touchdowns, so he's got nine total touchdowns on the year. He's Yeah, he's a cash game play. I, you, you have to have him or you have to have Gurley in your cash lineups, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they've just hit that point where regardless of what their price is, you have to play them. My 
only only concern is that yeah he went off in that game in Denver. I'll be curious to see if in Kansas City Mahomes doesn't take it to the air and just uh, use their speed to blow by these guys. But I still think he's got a solid floor. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. They're even if so, even if they do get up by a couple touchdowns uh, early, which which is likely, um, Kareem Hunt is going to get a lot of run then. So uh, it's would you I, I stack feel, him with the defense at that point? Would you be willing to play the Chiefs defense with Hunt in your lineup? It, it's not. It's not a. It's not a bad idea. Uh, there's a lot of uh, positive correlations between a, te- a running back and that team's defense. Um, I, I mean, there, there's a defense I think that everybody probably is going to play, and just is going to be probably the most owned defense on of any slate with uh, the Steelers at 2300 uh, this week. But definitely for worth looking at for variation because maybe at the beginning of the year the Chiefs were giving up a lot of uh, points but here lately especially at home uh, the defense has been dominant as as well and part of that is they've adjusted their play calling a little bit and gotten Hunt more involved so they're not scoring um, on 30 second drives every time leaving the defense out there so yeah, I was just gonna say uh, that's why I brought it up uh, because I think if I if I have lineups with Hunt in them, I'm definitely stacking with that Chiefs defense because they have made that adjustment. Uh, they're starting to get some players back healthy, and the play calling is now not gassing the defense immediately. So, just something to throw out there. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, moving on to wide receiver. Nick, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about the guy you chose? Well, fine. I guess I will then. Uh, fine. His name is Tyler Borey. Ever heard of him? Uh, he plays on Cincinnati. Ever heard of them? And, uh, yeah, 6700 bucks. They're playing versus Tampa Bay. See, I was going to do a little stack action like you guys were talking about. Maybe do like a Jameis to like a Mike Evans. But, no, I flipped the script. I went against the grain. Uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think we've already covered that here. Uh, they are saying that, uh, well, obviously we know that Tampa Bay's uh, defense is really bad. Okay. Uh, my site has got them ranked at 49.3 points per game they're giving up to wide receivers. Um, I think they're going to focus on green more. And Boyd's pretty freakish athletic, and I think he's going to create his own opportunities in the slot. So it looks like Tampa Bay's got 100 receptions, uh, almost 1,200 yards, and 11 touchdowns given up to opposing teams this year. So I just think that they're going to run wild on him. So I'm going Tyler Boyd over A.J. Green in a game that I think is going to be pretty high scoring. And that's that. I do not hate that call. Uh, yeah, right. Tampa Bay's uh, corners are some of the worst in the league. According to uh, Pro Football Focus, the uh, wide receiver cornerback matchups, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd each have 
uh, like super hot, uh, positive uh, advantage coming in at the fourth and fifth best uh, matchups on the week. There's going to be all kinds of room for them to pass. I I really I do I, I like to play. Uh, you might want to do some game stacks where where you're getting both Boyd and Green in there. That that might be interesting uh, little tournament type lineup. What about what about Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle? Thank you hey, getting, finally we <laughs> called him the Rifle. <laughs> thank you, thank <laughs> you for getting rifle. that right. Um, no, yeah, say, Dalton is the Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton's definitely in play uh, as well uh, this week. So um, wait, wait a second before we go on. Who's who am I hearing clicking? I hear somebody clicking at the mouse. Are you on your laptop or something? Looking up statistics because I'm just making all this shit up myself. <laughs> of course, we're looking at statistics. That explains your lineups. <laughs> Asshole. Oh man. So, um, JD, who is it that you were looking at? I'm going another little off the wall here uh, with Tyler Lockett uh, going up against Detroit here. You copied. You said Tyler. I just said Tyler first. You copied off me. (laughs) So, I'm looking at this matchup. You know, uh, Pro Football Focus gives you the – receiver to to corner matchup uh so if you guys have not looked at pro football focus before uh check out there's a lot of good information on there and i'm looking at this and it's showing tyler lockett has a 38 percent advantage over darius slay who's going to be shadowing him and i'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it but when i'm going through looking at receivers you know i go through and i go okay who's got the highest you know percentage uh advantage and Lockett was one of those guys, and coming in at 5,200, if I can get a receiver that has that type of advantage over their coverage at that low of a price, it's always going to intrigue me. The other side of that is that Lockett <clears throat> is getting targeted not a ton, uh, but his catch rate is really good. Uh, he's got 27 targets, he's got 23 catches. Uh, that's an 85% uh, percentage He's got 360 yards and five touchdowns. He's another one of those I'm going to take a chance guy because there's not a ton else. And they don't really have a whole lot of other options. I'm going to take a flyer on him. It's... Uh, interesting play. Yeah, the sometimes you look at these uh, pro football focus matchups and you kind of scratch your heads against you know when you see a guy like Darius Slay who's who's been you know pretty um, pretty solid the last couple of years in coverage, but uh, you know they they he's obviously got an advantage based on the type of routes he runs and everything. Uh, this this game I think is going to go overlooked a little bit with some of the other um, higher scoring matchups on the slate. So I I don't I don't hate it as a pivot. Um, I mean I I tend to 
like those Detroit receivers a little bit better. Uh, and I wonder, I, I think with Doug Baldwin getting healthier, that he's going to start uh, coming to the forefront again in that offense. But uh, Tyler Lockett certainly has that game-breaking ability. You also get a little bit of uh, opportunity in the return game, too, where, where he might put a put one back. So, um, interesting play. Yeah, that's that's what I'm throwing out this week. Uh, trying to do something a little different for the uh, six listeners that are still here. <laughs> Great. I think it's down to four now, but hey. Um, the- hey, we count as three. We're listening to this too, so I mean, it's like technically seven. <laughs> true, true that, true that. The guy that I'm looking at is Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a little bit higher priced uh, at 7400 I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit him in cash lineups, but uh, when Pro Football Focus uh, does their team defense grades, uh, the Browns are dead last uh, in coverage and in tackling against receivers. Uh, Juju is averaging seven receptions and 93.5 yards per game. He's also... Um, averaging 5.6 yards after the catch, which is really excellent. He's only got two touchdowns on the year so far, but in a game at home where Ben Roethlisberger thrives, um, based on his opportunities uh, and his target share, Juju is due for some positive touchdown regression. And I think this is a place where he might explode. Okay, so real quick before we go into that at all, what are the odds this game goes into overtime? What are the 86.7%. <laughs> I found that from profootballfocus.com on my statistic calculator here. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> I, it's I, right here. I, I think it's going to be a blowout a, I mean, I know that the Browns have played a lot of close games this year, but I, th- I think this is just kind of one of those games where they get gassed. Yeah, so uh, my my boss is a huge Steelers fan. So I, I went to him today and said, listen, we're, we're recording our, our podcast. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's coming up. And I, I got to ask you as a historian – you know, I know Pittsburgh doesn't always do super great against Cleveland at Cleveland. How do they do it home? And uh, he said they play well against them every single time, no matter what, because you're getting home bent. Juju is getting peppered with targets every single game. He's in a plus matchup, and this might be a statement game uh, for the Steelers. He's a little higher priced. Uh, than I'd normally like to go if I'm trying to get some upper tier uh, running backs in a lineup. But having a share of Juju, Antonio Brown, uh, Roethlisberger, I don't think you can go wrong. So I like this play. Yeah, I, I'm I'm having a hard time uh, as I've tried to build my uh, cash lineups. I'm I'm having a hard time fitting in. 
uh, some receivers at this price because I want to jam as many uh, of the high-priced running backs in as I can. But definitely going to have some juju in some of my tournament stacks. Some good juju, I hope. <laughs> oh, look at you, dad, joking without kids. <laughs> Oh brother! Now uh, let's let's talk about tight end a little bit. I don't even want to. Ooh, my favorite. <laughs> JD, <laughs> who's Wait, tight end do you like this week? Uh, I'm gonna take a break from uh, my Ohio tight ends that I've been on the streak of the last couple weeks and go with OJ Howard this week. Uh, <laughs> he is really coming into his own. Uh, Jameis is, again, giving him the ball uh, as much as he can. Now, granted, when you're throwing 50 times a game, you got to spread it around a little bit. Uh, but for the kind of volume that he's getting, as I've said it before, I love volume plays. Uh, at 3900 at tight end, again, saving me a little bit of money that gives me uh, the opportunity to go after the Kareem Hunts, the Todd Gurley's, even an, an Antonio Brown. Uh, find a way to try to get two, if not three, in my lineup because I have some cheaper plays. You can't go wrong. Uh, he's got 20 receptions for 350 yards. Uh, he's got two touchdowns on the year. I mean, again, he missed – I think he missed two games. Uh, so, you know, those kind of numbers uh, in, what, four games with a QB switch – Hard to go wrong in a game where you know Winston's going to be throwing. Uh, excuse me, JD. I'm going to go ahead and take a hard pass on that choice. You were just razzing me for taking Winston because he throws so many damn times a game, and then now you quote my truthful statistic, not your untruthful statistic, but my truthful statistic that he throws the ball like 200 times a game, and then now you're going to use that to your advantage? <laughs> excuse me, sir. Uh, 200? Calm your tits. ProFootballDraftKingFocus.com said 200. <laughs> Just trying to point. Jeez. Well done. No love over here. You, you know what's great is we're getting these rants and really for no reason. This is fantastic. We we haven't even let these guys play and you're already ranting. I'm pissed off already. OJ Howard is definitely a, one of the more exciting receiving tight ends there's actually a nice little class the the two-year uh second year tight ends with oj howard and george kittle and david and joku um there's there's who's that yeah who is that guy but uh is that who you picked this week but real quick for you just so i can calm mr manage down uh Cincinnati happens to give up the most points to tight ends at this point. So, take that. Still, doesn't make up for the fact that you knocked my Jameis pick, and then now you're picking Howard. It's a matter of principle, damn it. Oh, if I could hand you a Kleenex to wipe these tears away, I would. Yeah, he's going to score 30 points, probably. Well, uh, Nick, if... I hope he does, JD. I hope he scores a boatload for you. We'll see. Are you playing these guys in our league? I mean, are are Justin, JD, are you guys playing these guys on your uh, V Town Challenge group or no? 
I tend to play most of them unless, as we've stated many times, the uh, the news that comes out between when we record and Sunday morning can drastically alter your lineup, even with one player going down. Uh, so let's say something were to happen that uh, Breda now takes over, uh, you know, he's healthy and he can play. That changes my running back play immediately, which will alter my entire lineup. Small question. Why do we record on Thursdays then? Well, you got to start looking at it early, first of all. Can I can I get uh, some momentum headed into the weekend? You got to uh, give uh, the audience a chance to to hear the guys that, that we're looking up and, and then do some of their own research and, and see um, – See, see if that uh, holds true as the news breaks. So it's just it's it's a, a nice little way to get your research started for the week. Sounds good. I just didn't know like don't injury reports usually come out like what Thursday, Friday, somewhat something like that. D- definitely. Um, Definitely, there is news that comes out into the weekend, but uh, if you don't start your process early, uh, you're going to be behind. So, um, with that, speaking of behind, what tight end are you looking at? <laughs> Two. I'll go. I'll go here. Um, I'm. This, this guy for me is more of a tournament play uh, just because for cash I'm going to have to spend down at tight end position. But Jared Cook in Oakland is uh, at 5,000. He, he actually gives you a probably a different kind of roster construction to give you a little bit of differentiation. We're playing against Indianapolis, um, who's not the greatest against tight ends. They're... They're the eighth worst. Um, Jared Cook has a 74.4% catch rate. He's averaging 12.5 yards per reception. Uh, And he is the leading receiver for Oakland. Um, And now they don't have Amari Cooper. So who the heck is Derek Carr going to throw the ball to other than Jared Cook? Um, Nobody. So I kind of... Um, I, I think he's a, a decent play this week from a, for for tournaments, um, and and if you have the if you got a lot of value and, and he fits, he might he might work in cash because I think he's got a reasonable floor at the tight end position. <clears throat> yeah, again the the volume play, the, the guy was already getting targeted like crazy, and and now you take out what everybody assumed would be their number one receiver this year. Is it alters targets? I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, but they have to be split up somewhere. And your options are uh, Jordy Nelson, who's had what one good game this year, maybe two uh, Jared cook, obviously. And then Martavis Bryant, who right before the season, they cut him and then <laughs> because he couldn't pick up the playbook and then brought him back, I think, because of injury. So, <laughs> again, the volume, 
you might be able to get to him if you're willing to put some of those value plays in. But I I, I do con- I have concerns about his uh, market share, though, because I think every you know a lot of people are going to be trying to get to there just because they know who else are you throwing the ball to. Yeah, he's got nobody else, man. He really doesn't. Certainly. Maybe, maybe Richard on third downs. <laughs> well, on uh, second and third, you know, <laughs> when they're down by 20 in the second quarter. So, yeah, yeah right. So, um, Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell us about why you like Njoku? Uh, again, with the names, you know, I'm picking people based on how cool their name is. So I picked David Njoku, uh, tight end Cleveland, $4,600 at Pittsburgh uh, for the following reasons. Uh, I like the matchup. I think the matchup is awesome. Uh, he's been playing pretty much the whole game. Uh, 90% of snaps is share, according to what I got here. Um, I think he's clicking with Mayfield. I think that next year, year after, I think if they continue this trend, that they're going to, I think, be a good, good connection with one another. Um but Pittsburgh, man, uh, what I got here is that they they're third worst in the league against tight ends, giving uh, over fantasy, uh, excuse me over 19 po- fantasy points a game to the position. Um, downside, he did ding his knee up a little bit last week, um, but I guess he is limited in practice. But they say he's going to to play. So in spite of that, I think the matchup is great. I think that they're going to be gunning from behind, uh, and I think that he's going to get some looks. So Njoku. Forty-six hundred bucks. I really don't have anything bad to say about it. The reason I didn't um, key in on him myself this week is because he's got that uh, limited and questionable tag on him, and um, it seems to me that uh, every guy that I pick ends up uh, missing <laughs> missing the game. So I try to go sure. with somebody who is healthy <laughs> this week. Well, Cook's a great pick. If if for some reason uh, Joku couldn't go, my guy was Kittle in that garbage game uh, that you love, San Francisco, Arizona. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Which, again, to me, isn't a terrible play because he's just getting volume like crazy. He's beat hard, boy. That's how you yeah. say his name, right? Beat hard? <laughs> I, I just call him CJ. <laughs> the the uh, again with with Njoku, you know I've I've talked about this guy, you know multiple times uh, on this podcast. He's just he's getting targeted, and he is just he's one of those uh, freak athlete type guys uh, where if he's getting the ball enough, he's just going to do special things, and they're starting to get him the ball on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, he's gone 11 targets, 12 targets, uh, six targets, which was a little concerning in that Tampa game thing as they went to overtime again. Uh, but even then, uh, 52 yards and a touchdown, 55 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know, 69 yards, nice, uh, the, you know, on six receptions. So he's giving you 12-plus points every single week at this point. You know, it's pretty safe to say that his floor is roughly 10 points. Uh that's not terrible at that price point. And if you're getting 10 points out of your tight end with the option of going up into that 16 to 18, 
that can be a huge difference maker uh, in your cash games. Um, you know, generally speaking, I, I'd say in your GPPs, you're going to need at least 15 to begin with. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll never say I hate that play because uh, I really like David and Joker. <laughs> He's, he's it's 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 safe to say that he's on JD's Christmas card list. So um, <laughs> that's uh, that's a nice uh, little roundup of, of plays that we like this week. Um, I do have a chalkbuster um, play this week, and that would be Jalen Richard from Oakland, and. The the biggest reason that I, I think uh, he, he's not going to be somebody that, that's going to do anything for your lineups is because John Gruden is a freaking idiot and he's living in 1994 football. So um, I, I just don't think that he knows which guys are the right guys to utilize. He's still trying to figure out where his pass rusher is. So... Um, I don't. I know he lost uh, Marshawn Lynch for the, for the year. Jalen Richard makes sense. He should get that opportunity. But this guy keeps saying that Doug Martin is his starting running back. Uh, <laughs> so you know what? I, that's why I I don't think that Richard is gonna have much of a chance to do anything for you this week. And that's my chalkbuster. <laughs> Uh, that that almost got to like a ramp point, which was I, I was just waiting for you to tip over the edge a little bit, and I'm a little disappointed you didn't go there. Well, I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> that John freaking Gruden makes ten million dollars a year for the rest of his life, and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Oh, look That's at me! Just, I just pushed you right over the edge. That was fun for me. Uh, well, then you have uh, the owner. Who's that? Mark Davis. Did you guys uh, see that meme? Where they just take their foreheads and they just like the top of their haircuts, and it says, "If you have a haircut like this, you have a ninety-nine percent chance of ruining your football team." It just shows both <laughs> of their haircuts. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm finding it. It's be my new profile picture. Oh man, that's great. So, so I don't, I don't have a, a chalkbuster. Uh, I do have a be wary of, and I hate to do it because I'm counting on this guy so much in Dynasty. But I'm going to say be wary of Saquon Barkley this week. Uh, <laughs> they're not using him the best way that they could, I don't think, but at least in the running game. That's your and dude. I, I know. That's what I said. I hate to say it, and I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, but Washington has not been bad on defense, and they've really not been too bad against the run. Um so I'm just going to say be wary. I'm not going to say he's not going to have a good day. I'm not going to say he's not going to be, uh, you know, a decent fantasy play. I just don't expect the the production that you've been getting out of him uh, uh, to this point because I think the matchup's tougher than what people give it credit for. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that that call. Uh, there, there's definitely. Uh, probably six or eight other running backs that I prefer this week to Saquon and the Redskins really uh, are a top 10 uh, defense versus the run so far this year. 
And you, you really got to wonder at this point if the Giants aren't just trying to tank to get another top draft pick. Interesting. He's certainly a special talent, but they're coming off that uh, short week, and that's that's usually makes it tougher for those guys anyway. So, um, do we have an update on on the score of your matchup? Since you guys already bet um, uh, on on your head to head matchup uh, and. And we have a game in in the books. Uh, yeah. So uh, currently, I had Kenyon Drake go, who gave me twenty three and a half points uh, to start off. And uh, thankfully for me, uh, Nick had <laughs> Will Fuller uh, on the bench. If I'm not mistaken, ride the pine. Yeah. Um, what did Will Fuller? We we would have been uh, real close because Will Fuller 23. had twenty three point four. Yeah, we would have been we would have been neck and neck. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But he, he you know he's got your he's got your Aaron Rodgers play. He's got your Kareem Hunt play. He has your Juju Smith Schuster play. If he would have had one of your tight end plays, he would have been right down the middle there. Uh, my only hope is at this point in time is that your consistency record of making sure one of those players doesn't play holds true so I can knock out some of the stronger guys. <laughs> Damn it. But you know what the cool thing is, I was going to say, about technology is that you can like add and delete things out of like recordings, such as we can go rewind this podcast and go back to the beginning and then just delete the part where Nick said, hey, I'll bet you 10 bucks. And then we're cool, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I think I'm going to leave that in. No. Nah, uh, my brother likes to see me. It's, really, it's, no, it's no problem at all. You can just go right back and then just you, delete. It's no big deal. You, if, it, I, if it makes you feel better, Nick, I have a stunning loss record. You do. <laughs> for my bets in <laughs> on this podcast and also in fantasy football. But you already knew that part of it. Setting the bar low. Oh, yes, man. sir. Well, Nick, uh, I, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, is there anybody, any place on social media that you'd like people to uh, come at you and, and tell you you know how bad your jokes are? No, leave me alone. Okay, great. JD, where can uh, people find you? Uh, you know the usual spots, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at JDWest22. Uh, feel free to hit me up. Always, always looking for those interactions. I really would love to get some more listener questions uh, so you can see uh, or hear how stupid we actually are. <laughs> Great. And I can be found on Twitter at Justin M. West, on Instagram, JMW1977. You can find the show on Twitter, Another Bad Call, Facebook, Instagram as well. Email Another Bad Call at gmail.com. And check out my weekly blog, anotherbadcall.com, where I review my weekly cash game results. Um, for JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call. Mm-hmm.